The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Have you ever learned something about spiritual things accidentally or perhaps in a way that you didn't expect? Today, you're going to learn about something like that when it comes to connecting with God from a deep place inside. Thanks for joining us on From the Forefront. Welcome to From the Forefront podcast by FX Missions. We believe that God calls us beyond where we are, equips us for the unforeseen, and gives us the victory, even if we don't ever see the victory ourselves. Thanks for joining us here on FX Missions from the Forefront podcast. Very happy to have you along. Today, we're digging into something very special to me. It's, I think, maybe also something interesting to you. If you connect with God through music or worship in a real way, then you're going to really benefit from this podcast, our time here with Brian Morricon. There's really a growing vulnerability and transparency that he is bringing to his music, and we're helping him get the word out about his new project here called Known. We think you're really going to enjoy this, and we appreciate you taking time to punch through. It's going to be powerful and meaningful, and I believe you'll be blessed. So this should be really good. If you don't mind, also check out my book, Anthologies from the Forefront. You can get it on Amazon, either on Kindle or as a printed book. And we'd appreciate you checking that out for some lessons I've collected and learned, some of them the hard way, on the fields of uh, foreign nations. If you'd like to keep up with updates on that on an upcoming Spanish version, as well as an audiobook. You can do that at fromtheforefront.com slash links for those updates. Hi, Scott McClelland here for FX Missions Podcasting. Thanks for being with us. We're pretty excited today to be joined for, we think it's number three, third time to record with a good friend, Brian Morricon. Welcome, Brian. Hey, Scott. Always good to be with you. Man, it's cool to be with you as well. It's the new year. We're recording right around the turn of the new year, and it'll be published a little bit later, but I, I just feel like it's also, there's a lot of new going on. I, of course, reached out to you because I was interested to hear about your new project. And when we say project and Morricon, clearly we're talking about a new album. Yes, yes, indeed. I'm excited to talk about it. Actually, am I excited? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm supposed to say. 
And I think being with you is getting me excited to talk about it. So that's good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's one of the things I hope we'll be able to talk about a little bit today is because before we hopped on, I was saying, this is good because I feel like every time that we've done this, I get off feeling encouraged and giving myself a little pep talk (laughs) and talking to you. And maybe you give me pep talk too. And I get off feeling like, okay, yeah, I am headed in the right direction. I'm doing, doing the right things. When it comes to my music in particular, I have a tendency to self-sabotage and mm. to downplay. And it's funny that this album's only been out for uh, less than two months, actually just almost one, one month exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like internally, you know, it came out and then we had the holidays and there's like something in me that whenever I finish creating something and make it through a big project, I almost immediately put it behind me and sort of put it in this box that where it's just like, oh yeah, that's something that I did. It's not a big deal. You know, just kind of this neither poo-poo and false humility crap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So this is good. Like one of the things on my New Year's list is to be intentional about getting the word out about this album. And I can dress up not getting the word out as humility or as, you know, not wanting to be a self-promoter or any any of that stuff. Um, But in the end, like all false humility, it's just an inverted form of pride and fear of rejection. And and when I actually sit down and and take the time to like re-listen to the album, I'm like, you know, this is good. (laughs) (laughs) I actually really like, I really like this. And it took me a very long time to get to the place where I can make music that I could listen back to and say, I'm proud of this. And a lot of that has so much to do with my producer, Stephen Price, and the musicians who worked with me to make it. So man, it's, uh, it's almost irresponsible not to get the word out about it. So much. It really is. Of course, we're talking about Brian Morricone's new project, title of which is called Known. I believe I've got that right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I mean, there's a lot of directions we could go. Obviously, I've been a friend and a fan for a while. Certainly want to keep you encouraged about your music because I think it's meaningful and important, consequential, you know. Be kind to each other. Be kind to one another. (laughs) That's an old lyric from a different album, but it stays with me, even from back in those days. And I want to encourage you for sure to say this is important stuff. You know, there's a journey you went through on this project. I want to talk a little bit about that. But kind of in the vein of what you're saying, I want to say that musically, this project is at a different level. Not just musically, but vocally as well. Treat me like a, an absolute novice when it comes to anything music related. So I'm kind of ignorant. Hopefully that'll facilitate you know general knowledge. But what is it that brought this project to a higher level vocally and musically? Your other stuff that you've put out before has been good, solid, but this is something else. Can you speak to that? Yeah, a lot of life behind me. And that doesn't always necessarily equate to 
growth, right? I used to think that just as you got older, it, it automatically equaled more wisdom and more excellence in a particular area. Right. It doesn't. <laughs> God's been gracious to step me along and been patient with me, actually, as I've sort of neglected, as I alluded to earlier, kind of neglected the gift over the years. And it was what sparked this album was being in my kitchen and seeing my first CD, first full-length CD, mm-hmm. and picking it up off the table. I don't know why I was laying there, but I picked it up and I realized it has been eight years since I made an album. And then later that morning, like an hour later, I sat down and read a passage in Acts where Peter heals this guy. It's kind of an incidental healing. There's not a whole lot of ink spilled on it, but it says he healed Aeneas and he said to him, stand up, take up your bed and walk. And it turned out Aeneas had been there for eight years And so this eight-year thing, I just sense the Lord speaking to me in this, you've been paralyzed like this guy was paralyzed for eight years. And now stand up, take up. And the part that spoke to me was to take up your bed and walk, like take the next step. Okay, you're healed. And now just take a practical next step. And that was the moment where I was like, I've got to do something. And I reached out to my producer. I had one song, I think, written that would on the album and I sent it to him a song called Wounded Boy Mm. it probably continues to be the most honest from the gut song I've I've ever written and Stephen heard it and he's like man we've got to make this album this is the kind of music why I started producing in the first place so that's what sparked it off and as far as the vocals some of that is age, you know, just singing over the years. I am not a great singer. Like Bono says, can't sing, but I got soul. (laughs) Maybe a little bit of soul. So you just have to steward what you've got and know what your sweet spots are and your, your limits. And you don't have to be a fantastic singer to connect with people. And sometimes you can wield your weakness, whether that's in singing or anything else, and it becomes a strength because it's something that makes you unique and identifiable. And that's especially true in music and in singing, right? You think about some of the most iconic vocalists, yeah. whether it's John Lennon, or I mean, Lennon and McCartney have good voices, but not, you wouldn't say they're the best singers in the world. Um, Somebody like Bob Dylan, who doesn't have a good voice at all, but is so iconic, right? Yes. Somebody we're familiar with, John Mark McMillan, who, when he first started singing, it was just absolutely horrendous. And he would say that. And to see how he's grown, I mean, just it, it is incredible the way his voice has grown, but retained its uniqueness in the process, right? And you can have somebody with just an absolutely beautiful voice and it doesn't speak to you. It's like, wow, that's pretty. You can sort of admire it like you admire a art piece in a hotel room that's just like generically mundane. <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's sort of objectively nice, but 
it's not speaking to my heart. That's how a lot of voices are, I think. So if I can just take my my little voice that's okay and just steward it well and sing from my from my gut, from a deep place, from my from my heart, um, then hopefully it will connect with people as I feel the the connection with the Lord as I'm as I'm singing, hopefully that connects with people. Oh, one other story about somebody who who you'll know. I don't know if people listening will be familiar with Jason Upton, right? You familiar with Jason Upton? Mm-hmm. Years ago, I was listening to one of his albums. Nobody sings from the heart like Jason, right? Mm. He does this thing occasionally where he's like, go, 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 go. Like he's the, like he goes like deep down. You know what I'm talking about? And one time I was like mocking him, sort of like, you know, like, oh, he's doing this thing again. And I yeah. and I just like imitated him doing that. And all of a sudden I had this sense like deep down that I just like tapped into something. It's like, whoa, like I, that just came from a really deep place when I, when I was just almost making fun of him. Yeah. But it just tapped into something, right? So it's funny how, again, the kindness of God to use times, even this sort of off kilter times, yeah. where maybe our motives aren't even totally pure to be like, whoa, wow, okay, that's why he does that. And like that just tapped into something for me. And, and then coming back into that place from I'm singing from that deep heart level guttural place and then a lot of the music excellence is due to Stephen price the producer again and the musicians who played on it just incredible he was a 20 year old when we recorded smallest seed it was one of his first big real projects and then yeah. he's just been honing his craft for the last decade and he's awesome i think you guys teaming up again it retains some of that uniqueness some of that signature sound that you have and he has helped you produce as well you know but also totally the next level i think also it probably is something you're challenging yourself to really level up it seems to me like that's something that you've done it's important it seems like to me that you are operating at or near capacity in these ways and that to me is the intentionality that you approach it with, it's refreshing. So thank you. Thank you for leveling up. I think it honors God and you as the host of excellence there. It really, it's it was been encouraging. Well, that's encouraging, Scott. Thank you. Yeah, really, I'm just trying to make something that I can listen to and enjoy. I mean, there's, I'm, I'm pretty picky on music. And so to make something that speaks to me musically, again, then hopefully that conveys to others. And somebody who, who had never heard my music before a couple of weeks ago shot me an email and said, I'm just getting into it and the music is great. And he said, if the music, he's like, I don't care how good the message is. If the music isn't there, I won't listen to it. He said, but the music is there and now I'm going to be listening to the words. Mm-hmm. Again, I, there's so many of these lessons I feel like convey to so many areas of life. It's like when you can put the message that you're carrying, the words in this container that is not perfect, like in a artificially perfect sort of way, but has a kind of broken, polished beauty 
kintsugi pottery, you know, this broken bowl that's, that's put back together and it's more beautiful because it's been broken. When you can make art like that, then whatever the art is saying is going to say it so much more clearly and the person receiving it, their heart is going to be so much more open to it when it comes in that container of broken, beautiful excellence. Mm. Story of our lives right there, I think. I read recently a review. I think maybe you shared a review and it may be the same one you're mentioning that you got, maybe a different one, but it was a pretty transparent sort of set of remarks about this project is the excellence on the project was really notable to the person who listened and that they were expl- they were explicit a time or two in their review to saying right there were there were first words involved there were some zingers in there to for emphasis in Texas <laughs> we always feel free to use a little expletive here and there for emphasis <laughs> So I was right there with, I felt like we're getting some transparent feedback from this person. And I think in a way that is something that we have an opportunity for when we do approach our work with excellence, it'll be attractive to the people that are candidates for the message, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And transparency, that mixture of transparency and and excellence or maybe vulnerability mm. is the right word. I mean, sometimes these words are used interchangeably, vulnerable and transparent. Sometimes you can overshare, <laughs> you know, when you put things out there transparently that really should only be shared with one or two people. That's not always a healthy thing. But when you're vulnerable, when you're honest about your scars and the journey towards those, and you do it in such a way that, it really is helpful to other people. And that's like a song like Wounded Boy. Yeah, I had another friend, another songwriter who said, you know, this song could have very easily been introspective navel gazing that wasn't helpful to anyone. <laughs> but you wrote it in a way that it was actually helpful for the world to hear. That's what I try to do. And I think that's what that colorful reviewer was picking up on. Man, I did have it on my notes here. Wounded Boy, you mentioned it before I could ask, but I think that was one of the items you released kind of early or that came at least to my awareness. Yeah. And I want to just encourage everyone, especially the males among us, because I think it relates specifically in a way to men, which often women say, you know, we're just, you know, we're still boys in so many ways, <laughs> you know, that that might be part of mm-hmm. what that song's conveying, honestly, and rightfully so. But that's medicine right there, I think, for so many of us that passed from adolescence, childhood, adolescence to manhood, a very treacherous journey, folks, let me just say. I don't want to flip the lid too far back on this, but can you speak into Wounded Boy a little bit? And and for those who haven't heard it yet, kind of get frame it up for us. Thanks to Brian for his generosity and sharing with us the full tune here, Wounded Boy, which is featured on his new project, Known. As he mentions in the interview here, this potentially was going to be the name or the title track of the project, 
ultimately it was uh, changed. But want to really encourage you to take a minute and really absorb this song and do yourself a really big favor and go out and get this project into your personal music. It's uh, known Brian Morricone. This title, Wounded Boy. Wounded boy Who's hiding in my heart Come on now Stop shouting from the dark See I got a little confused Thought you were the accused But you were the accused Thought you were the abuser you were the abused I thought I could reform through force and punishment but the only thing that formed was an angry little kid mind flipping the lids on things right i think you can explain a song to death most of us have been to a coffee shop where the songwriter 
has done that, almost like dissecting uh, a pet that you were hoping to come and see. (laughs) (laughs) But instead of coming and petting it and holding the kitty, they've dissected in front of you. Mm. And it's just like, oh, gross. Like, just play the song. But I think there is a way to open up songs, just like a good teacher can open up scripture and be like, ah, yeah, okay, I got it. Now I've got some context for that and I can enter in, do the same thing with a song. So on this song, as I've told you before, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I'm a one on the Enneagram, the reformer, the need to be perfect, all of that. And as Richard Rohr talks about in his book on the Enneagram, and he's a one as well, Reading his chapter on the one really opened some things up Mm -hmm. for me. And I don't agree with everything on Roar, but his stuff on Enneagram, super helpful. I learned I'm actually a very angry person. And he described the ones as children develop this performance-based worth standpoint and always trying to be good, always trying to please. And when there's a religious aspects of that with God, then it you're always trying to be good, always trying to make sure God's okay with you. And what that developed as a child and through my early adult years is I was hyper aware of when something was wrong with me on the inside, when I was having a bad thought, a bad motive, lust, all of this, right? I grew up in the era of the purity movement and and all of that. I'm thankful for my upbringing. But what it caused in me was just this hyper awareness of my sinfulness. And so that verse where Paul talks about, I beat my body to basically bring myself into compliance with Jesus or however he puts it. And I always kind of took that mentality with myself towards anything I saw in me that I thought was wrong or sinful or what Paul would call the flesh. And that includes things like insecurity, wanting other people's attention, wanting people's approval, wanting to know that I belong. All of that, I just sort of put in this package of sin, flesh. And what do you do with that? Well, you kill it. And I spent all of this energy trying to kill that stuff when, as I would learn just recently, the last few years, there's actually a little boy part of me who did not get the things that he needed to know that he belonged, that he was safe. I don't mean physically safe. I mean that my heart was safe, that I knew I was okay in the world. As a counselor put it, you either grow up thinking like, I am me and I'm okay, or I am me and I'm not okay. And I was definitely the latter. And so I kept trying to kill this part of me that actually needed to be embraced by Jesus and that I needed to embrace. And it really came to the head when my son, who was four or five at at the time, and I was treating him on the outside in a way that people would say, oh, you're a good dad. You're doing the right thing. If you look through my window, you would say, good job, Brian. But like I knew and he could feel that whenever he did something wrong, I would detach my heart from him, Mm. even though I might 
discipline him in, in love and not get visibly angry. But if you really looked at my face, you could see, okay, he just disconnected his heart from his son. And he could feel that. And it was like, I was saying to my son, like, I'm not okay with you and you're not okay with me until you get back in line. And really an element of love and acceptance, like you are not acceptable to me until you get back in line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was like, oh my God, that is what I've been doing with God. And I've been thinking that he's been thinking of me that way. And so I needed to allow Jesus to embrace that wounded part in me and really accept that part of me that was insecure, that was wanting other people's attention. and, And really rather than this like kill it, mentality, you know, almost talking to that wounded child inside, like, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. I know you want acceptance. We're going to get through this together. And the Lord accepts you and I accept you. And then when I can do that for myself, I can so much more easily do it for others. Is there stuff we need to kill on the inside? Absolutely. Are there sins that just need to be cut off at the root? Totally. But when you confuse the two, when you when try and kill what needs to be embraced or embrace what needs to be killed, then you end up in a world of, of hurt. And so, uh, so this song captures that journey. Yes. Yes, it does. Well, you know, this is additional evidence in my ongoing database of how the children raise the parents. I think we're up to a Ford auto at this point or something, you know, thank God. And it's also, I wouldn't say regrettable, but so much of what we didn't get straight in our raising, we're given another opportunity to get straight in our rearing of our children. And they really do play a significant role in our ongoing development, I'd say. And I'm really thankful to hear you getting through that process. I can relate. I know so much of what we went through as children, it's more or less a subconscious level, right? I mean, it's almost like it's programming. And then when the button gets pushed, whatever's inside comes out. Yeah. And that's the way we become aware. Yeah. Yeah. And for anyone who had good parents, like I did, I just want to say that sometimes the idea of they did the best they could for my parents, I would say they did better than the best they could because they were redeemed out of some really bad situations, upbringing, schizophrenic grandfather on one side, you know, a bad situation, orphan grandmother on the other side, just a lot of deficit, emotional deficit for them. They're a miracle. And they provided for me and provided a physically safe environment and did things with me and uh, sent me to a private school, like all this stuff. And I'm so grateful. But what kept me from moving towards healing was that idea of, okay, clearly I had a good childhood. That can't be anything to do with that. So it's got to be something wrong with me. It's my fault, right? And that line of thinking, that line of blame, of self-blame doesn't get you anywhere. And it's not about blaming your parents. You can honor your parents and still look at where the deficits are. And say like, oh yeah, like I honor them and I'm so grateful. Like here, this area, because of what's been passed down to them from Adam and Eve and what's been passed down to them in their specific lineage has really given me a serious deficit in this particular 
area that's caused me to really go into self-hatred and some things like that. It's not their fault, but I need to look at those contributing factors so that I can move toward getting healing in that area. I'm still on that journey, but it's been a really important thing to be able to differentiate that, to say, I, I can honor my past. I can honor the people in my past and be thankful and still look at where the deficits are so that the Lord can and offer those to the Lord in counseling and with other people and groups and whatever 12-step programs to move towards healing. I appreciate you sharing that. And I think it's important for us to realize, especially when we get into this trap of perfectionism or no one wants to go just as far as their parents went. If there's a perfectionist element there, then maybe it's it can act out in prideful ways. That obviously is just setting the stage for us to <laughs> prove that what you know our superiority is not real. Ultimately, we're going to show ourselves in terms of our weakness. So I think being rooted and grounded to the fact that we're all on a journey, we all have inherent weaknesses, not that we all share the same weaknesses that others have, but we share some weaknesses and then we have our specific vulnerabilities, if you will. We got to keep in mind, like you say, when you thread in the religious upbringing side, then that kind of adds a layer to it. I think a lot of times we see this manifesting as self-righteousness. When people are better than someone else and they don't relate to their weaknesses and they are proud for the fact that they're not weak in the same way as someone else. I'm only talking about my history here. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> but, uh, you know, thank God that he rescues us from these traps that are set so well that end up holding us back in our walk. These are good things to get through. Also, they are messy things to get through sometimes. So that's huge, man. That's that's uh, cool that this is a part of the journey, your journey, that made it onto the project. Again, we're talking about Brian Morcon's new music project. It's called Known. And I guess it's where every thing is these days when it comes to music. We'll backlink to everything before the end of the episode. I'm guessing we're running down toward the end. And with your permission, I will have included Wounded Boy before at about the 21 minute mark. Thank you for that. Is there anything else about the project or about what's going on with you right now that you want to talk about as we're kind of wrapping up? You know, the project was originally going to be named Wounded Boy after that song. I was going to call the album that. And when it got all done and the last song on the album is this song called This Is My Prayer. It's just basically Paul's prayer that that you would have the power. And he doesn't say the power to do stuff or accomplish stuff, but the power to know and the power to know that you are love, the height, depth, and width, but basically the power to know the love of God. And so I realized like, okay, that's where Wounded Boy is where I've been and am, and maybe to some extent always will be, but being known and lived and living as the the beloved and one who is really known by God known and still loved, like the song says, like that's where I'm 
moving towards. That's where I hope the album will help people move towards. Man, which surpasses knowledge, right? I mean, I read, that's what came to my mind. Which surpasses knowledge. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, there's something there. That can go a couple of ways. And what comes to mind for me, as you mentioned that, is that in our sort of fallenness, it's a frightening proposition to be fully known. As we're before God, we're aware of this. We're aware that when God called to Adam in the garden, he wasn't unaware of his location. (laughs) You know, it's just part of the process he's working through with Adam. That's also true of us, I think. It can be a little bit disconcerting to realize that you're fully known and you have nowhere to hide. But as the love of God is revealed to us, as we are aware of God's love and as it's being revealed to us by the Spirit, then we take comfort in that fact. And I think that's what is the maturation process that you're going through there is, and what you're expressing here is this, we're known and it's good. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We don't have to be afraid that we're known. That's right, Scott. Because the one who knows us, he loves us. His motive's love. His motive is love, not to shame, not to point out what's wrong with us, but to uh, to call us up. I'm picturing Peter now on the boat with Jesus right after the miracle, the fish coming up, and in the moment where he realizes this guy is holy, he falls down, if I recall correctly, and says, away from me. I'm a wicked man. And it's like Jesus doesn't even address that. He's, he's just like, get up. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. (laughs) (laughs) Peter becomes dreadfully aware of his sinfulness in that moment, which is an appropriate, maybe the only response to when you encounter true holiness. But staying there is not appropriate. Staying in that place of shame and guilt and beaten downness, Jesus says, come on. I'm giving you a new identity. Don't focus on that. And Jesus knew he was going to mess up more. He knew he was going to mess up more. (laughs) (laughs) When I'm with people, if I knew somebody was going to mess up again a big time, I wouldn't be hesitant about investing into them. But Jesus wasn't, and he isn't with us. He uh, calls us up to love us and bring us into a new identity. See, I knew I would come on here and give myself a Pep talk. That's good, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) I so needed this. You make good space. Man, I think you may have given it all to us. (laughs) You really make space for a good conversation. Oh, man. And thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Of course, love to get to check in with you from time to time. You guys are in a new spot there. Kind of like an old new spot. Absolutely. Yeah. My old hometown of Lynchburg, Virginia. Just bought some land. So I think we're going to be here for a good long while. Awesome. I'll look forward to seeing you over on that side. I really have enjoyed our friendship over the years, and you've been a real encouragement to me and to many I know. I'll never get the picture out of my head of you swinging a kettlebell for the first time. I think that's what I'm remembering. <laughs> <laughs> Good memories. Good memories. So do give us the details on where we can get known. Yeah, just go to my website, 
My last name.com, Morikon, M-O-R-Y-K-O-N.com. And all the streaming links are there. A uh, email sign up. Uh, if I can get back in the groove of uh, writing, I like to uh, share my thoughts on spiritual formation, mental health, and and all of that through a newsletter. So yeah, I'd love to have folks on board. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. We'll backlink everything for folks who are driving or can't get to their browser just now. We'll let folks uh, try to make that easy for folks. We'll also include, and maybe I'll get you to send me a, a, like a MP3 copy or something of Wounded Boy. That'll be good. Yeah, yeah. I'll send that over to you and I should mention my my day job as well is for Renovare, uh, spiritual formation organizations for resources on spiritual formation and some of the things we've been talking about. R e n o v a r e dot dot org. It's good stuff. Yeah, we'll backlink that there as well. Thank you so much. Greetings to your family and to a beautiful and promising twenty twenty two straight ahead. Blessings to you, bro. Thanks for being here. Thank you. You as well, Scott. I am Scott McClellan for FX Missions Podcasting. Thanks for joining us. Please share this with a someone that you know is in the process, maybe in art, music, or other types of uh, artful expression. This, I think, will be an encouragement to them. We appreciate you listening. If you need to contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. Thanks so much for joining us and being a part of the community of From the Forefront Podcast. I know you love it when I do that. Anyway, we really want to say thank you so much to Brian Morricon, a good friend of many years, for his openness and sharing his story in such transparency. The backstory on his project, this stuff is powerful, and it comes from the process he's been through. So I'm so thankful, not only that he has shared his art with us, but that he's come on and shared also the process that got him to this point. And we thank the Lord for that work inside of his heart. If something stood out to you specifically, it would be great to hear from you and get your feedback. Please send that information to Scott at fxmissions.com. If you have something you want to share about this podcast, whether it was meaningful or if maybe you have more questions you want us to get along to Brian or consider for ourselves, we'd love to hear from you. Please do so at scott at fxmissions.com. Thanks for being with us. If God spoke to you today, we'd love to hear about it. Click through to the episode notes on your podcast app, choose the link for your favorite social media platform and share it with us there. And if you've not done this already, follow the show in your favorite podcast app at fromtheforefront.com slash follow. Click the link in the episode notes, choose your favorite podcast app, and follow us there to get every episode for free.